Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Friday show. The show that thinks Man U are just five players away from challenging for the Champions League knockout stages. As always, we're looking back and forward, back to City's 100% Champions League group record and the youth of today, and tomorrow perhaps, and forward to the last pre-Christmas Premier League match before Saudi Arabia calls. Let's do so, delighted to be joined by two big hitters, only one of which could be considered a youth. It's uh, Asan and George. Good morning, Asan. How are you? I'll take that dig on the chin. How is fine? You're probably younger I, than I, me, though, aren't you? So yeah, I, I am. I am. I'm certainly one of the old men of the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm doing much better, mate. I had a little bit of a weird virus in the middle of the week that lasted about 24 hours but it seems to have passed its way through my system uh, or nah. the way that i'm characterizing it i have defeated it it came to screw up my christmas and i went i'm not having that you can get out wow that's fighting talk that mm-hmm. yeah united could do with some of that <laughs> <laughs> Oh my days! That you know, they're they're such a they're such a gift, aren't they, Howard? Yeah. Did you see on WhatsApp? I've sent the banner I've done for the Premier I've League show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. To those listening, look out uh, on our Twitter feed for the Premier League show banner. Uh, using a yeah, using an image from last season's Anfield massacre. So. I did have a chuckle to myself when I did it. So, uh, Good morning, George. How are you? Good morning, Howard. Yeah, I, I'm all groovy, thank you. All groovy. How was your week? It's been good. It's been good. Um, you know, City win, United lose. It, it's always a, it's always a nice week, isn't it? And uh, weather aside, um, yeah, had a solid week. And uh, looking forward to the, yeah, to the last pre-Christmas Premier League match feels very early for obvious reasons but yeah excited for the match tomorrow uh, it's 13 degrees tomorrow so it's back shorts and t-shirts wow. better, surely all big no big coats allowed then really no that, that, no big coats allowed no big coats will be going to Saudi Arabia with the squad next week either I imagine <laughs> so yeah, yeah big Don't coats reckon. back it's a shame because I've become really attached to my big coat it's so so cosy <laughs> I'm praying for some more cold weather, but yeah, uh, looks all right for this weekend. So, uh, you in the Christmas holiday spirit yet? Or, or um, I, I'm nearly there. Um, <clears throat> I'd say probably, yeah, probably near near the end of uh, next week. I'll, I may I may feel in the swing of it. I think I need to watch a few more Christmas films and and all that malarkey to get myself in the spirit. Um, bit of Home Alone or something like that. Is what that, about you? Is that the number one? Yeah, I think Home Alone and Home Alone Two are probably my probably my favourite Christmas film, films, and Elf as well. I, yeah, I, actually, I tell a lie. I, I tell a lie. I've, it's come to me now what my favourite is Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, that's <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's number one on the Guardian's greatest ever Christmas films. That was yeah, looking at it, yesterday. So. It's genius. The uh, the emotion those um, those Muppets invoke is uh, is just uh, astounding, really. Mm. Hey son, Christmas film fan. I was on on the review with uh, Mr. McInerney. I was just saying, really like Christmas, just you know, in a holiday vibe, social thing, football, and all that sort of reason. Uh, 
but I absolutely hate most things about Christmas, i.e. mulled wine, mince pies, Christmas pudding, three of the, the worst things, and the music and Christmas films. So what a grinch I am. So do you... Uh, do, no, I'll, I'll make an exception for Elf, to be fair. Uh, do you... Uh, or, or even Die Hard, if that counts as a Christmas movie. So are you... Uh, you got a fa- favourite Christmas movie? So we'll start at the end. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas film. I- I've right. seen this. I've seen this dis- discussion be had in many different places, and there's absolutely no question that Die Hard is a Christmas film. Um, I don't really like mulled wine or mince pies, but that's just like a personal preference thing. I love Christmas, Howard. I love this time of year. Um, it's. From Christmas Eve to the 2nd or 3rd of January is probably my favorite nine or 10 days mm. every year of the whole year. Um, yeah, I, I just genuinely like, love it. Do you like the football? Do you like a packed schedule as well? Or would you yes. rather just chill out and not think about football? No, everything. I, I like everything about Christmas. Football is part of it, but, you know, I like the 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 extended family vibe because you know some of us we don't live really close to our families and so your family mm. becomes the people that you sort of live close close to and I, and I really like that and yeah I mean it's just it's a it's a time of year where people are kinder and without sounding too soft I like kindness Howard so yeah I I do really like this time of year Oh, I can't wait for this Christmas bonus I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk football then? I'm even going to be kind to Man United, Howard. Uh, no, 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 no. Let's, let's not, we've gone too far now. Yes, that's crazy talk. Crazy yeah, talk. You can, pity, you can pity them, but don't be kind to them. So, How do you think uh, Graham Potter would do there then? He's linked this week. Yeah, my my brother sent me a text last night saying that Potter's the name in the frame. Uh, I I don't know. I don't. I, the best thing <laughs> about Man United is I don't really know yeah. how you fix Man United without literally ripping it up and starting again. But they're too big to be ripped up and start. Like so, they would be better. United would be better off doing a Leicester and getting relegated, right? And having a a deep cultural reset without expectation. But because they're Man United and because they throw so much money at everything, they will continue to be an expensive failure until, I don't know, hopefully until the end of time. (laughs) <laughs> also, by the way, Howard, can I say I've just seen the way that my name has been spelt on the clean yeah, feed. Yeah. <laughs> for someone with OCD, it's been annoying me now for twelve minutes solid. <laughs> just, it's actually anything. winding me up more than it could possibly wind I'm you up. I'm going to take a picture of it and tweet it later because this is. Ah, it's near enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's added, it's it's added to the hilarity of 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 the way that this pod has started, which is which bodes yeah. very very well. Well, I normally put Lloyd's name in with three L's, and no one's ever noticed. So, not on purpose, by the way. I just yeah, I'm just a terrible typer, as you'll see from all my WhatsApp messages. So, <laughs> my apologies. Anyway, let's talk football, shall we? Yeah, and not United. Yeah. <laughs> 
not yet. We've anyway. had plenty of plenty of opportunities to laugh about them. We'll, we we might do after Sunday again. Who knows? So yeah, George, I'm going to start with you. City in Belgrade. The match mean anything to you in the lead up, or just a chance to watch something without any stress? It's um, it's it was an interesting one. Obviously, especially being the the early kickoff made it all feel very odd. Especially mm. you know we've we've topped the group. We're already through. Um, so, so I didn't come into it with it, I wasn't thinking throughout the day about it loads, but then as the team news came out, um, it, I, I, I was a lot more intrigued. Um, seeing Hamilton start, seeing Bob start, Rico starting, even Sergio Gomez. Um, I just thought the team re- looked really interesting and yeah. gave me gave me a reason to kind of be more excited to watch the match than I usually would be for a dead rubber. I think if uh, like a usual starting eleven had been playing, I would have just been praying for no injuries the whole time and all that kind of stuff and just thinking about watching them kind of go through the motions. Where Whereas in, in this match, you had a few people with a real point to prove and uh, people, not even just the young players, people who were kind of on the fringes of maybe our first choice eleven with trying to, you know, stake a claim to a place, yeah. and um, so from that perspective, I, I was um, I was really engaged from the start of the match, just due to the team selection. Just stay with you, Jules, because it is something that popped up in my head when trying to evaluate the performances, which we'll get to. But as a general point, can players stake a claim in a dead rubber like this? Because do you understand where I'm coming from? In a way, it's like yeah, it's yeah. such a weird lineup and such a weird game. It went through lulls and then it got interesting. In a way, it's kind of like, what can you prove in a game like this? I think maybe for for some managers and some teams, may, maybe you can't do that. But I think with Pep, I think he's so intense and, you know, so detailed mm. that if he's playing you in a team and he's playing you in a system <laughs> that he would play, you know, his first choice yeah. players in. I think if you perform well, regardless of the circumstances, I think he'll take note. Um, and I think that players like Nunes, who, you know, have been drawing maybe some criticism from the fan base and have been, you know, had a bit of injury problems so far and not really been, had a running in the team. I think for people like him, it, it was a great opportunity. And, you know, I think he, um, I think he lived up to that. And I think there was a few players who did as well. So, yeah, I think maybe under these circumstances, maybe some other teams it wouldn't mean anything. But I think whilst Pep's our manager, I, th- I think they always do mean something, especially mid-season. Hey, Sam, your thoughts on the lineup? Uh, secretly, because, you know, it's Pep. Did you think he was going to go strong? But on when you saw no, it, were you really happy no, with that team? No, we'd, we'd, I, think, I think that there's, there's a, a distinction between... Guardiola going strong in a game where you've qualified, but top spot is still up for grabs. And when you've already nailed top spot down, it's 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 literally a dead rubber at that point. Mm. So no, I, I had no expectation of him of him going strong. Um, and we knew to, four to, youth players had travelled anyway, didn't we? So it's not exactly that exactly. Were you happy and, with it? Then? Yeah, very. And also, just to go back to the question that you just asked George about, you know, whether players can stake a claim. I think I always think back to whenever Guardiola talks about Rico Lewis, he always talks about the first time he saw him in that game against Bayern Munich in the the preseason friendly. 
and how that completely changed or didn't didn't change his view because he maybe didn't have a view but gave him the view that this kid is good enough to play for this team and i think that so in that sense i think there are always opportunities whenever you're playing in front of pep and you're part of city squad if you're not a regular starter you continually have an opportunity to show him that you're capable of playing in his side. Um, so from that side, like, for example, Oscar Bob starting, he's the one for me who is prob well, not probably, he's definitely the nearest to, to making that proper, proper breakthrough. If you would consider that, because for me, Rico's, Rico's already made that breakthrough. He's a first-team player now. Uh, and I think Bob is, is the next one. So... Yeah, I mean, it was a huge opportunity for him and and for the mm. for the other youngsters. It was just a it was a case of showing Pep how good you are, so that hopefully you can be more in and around squads in the in the coming weeks and months. I, I wonder. Like, I'll throw this back to you. Like, I know that there's, I know that there's like a massive satisfaction in seeing homegrown players come through. But are you also, do you take any pride in the financial aspect of it all? So what I mean by that is, so on the one hand, you've got your Rico Lewis's and your Phil Foden's, but then yeah. on the other, you've got Cole Palmer or Brahim Diaz or Issa Kabore or, you know, when you start thinking about the footprint of the CFG and, and, and City's Academy right across the top flights, the, the top leagues around Europe. I, personally, I take some pride from that. Do you? Uh, probably not as much as you. Uh, right, let's break this down. So my first priority at City winning loads and loads of stuff and I don't care <laughs> where the players are from or how much they cost or that sort of thing. So that's my number one priority. Mm. Number two, love to see a youth player come through. And I'll be honest, if they are from Manchester, then of course it adds an extra 10% on. But it's nice just to see players break through. And, and one of the key things of that is you don't know anything about a youth player by definition rather than you signed a £70 million player. You've already kind of no players in the modern game, but it does mean a lot. I I don't care in a certain extent. I think the the academy, if it makes us loads of money by selling lots of players and brings through one a year, I think that is just in a way perfect. Uh, the it shows it's operating well, but I think a, a left field thing is it takes a lot of pressure off other recruitment to have youth players breaking through. Definitely, Be because I think right now what we need is some certain key players in certain positions that we know will first for us that will cost a lot of money. But if you've got a youth player breaking through in the squad every season, if you've suddenly got four or five in that squad, then you can go out definitely and buy that and just focus on one big signing that I think sometimes City are loath to do because, you know, that's why Jack Grealish is an outlier in many respects that we went and slapped £100 million down. I want us to be making, in a perfect recruitment, we make one huge signing every summer, one maybe more useful one, and a youth player breaks through. And I think that blend is absolutely perfect for me. So yeah. I, I certainly do take pride because I think the standard of youth players coming through is very, very different to 10 years ago. I, I don't want to disrespect key. 
Yeah, I think it has grown, really grown big time. And that's that's what I mean by pride in insofar as I think that when I talk about the money, what really what I'm saying there is the academy is creating players, developing players at a level that means that they're going, they're being sold for big fees. That's a point of pride for me because the the CFA basically becomes a finishing school for talented young footballers. And as much as the kind of the the hardcore side of you is like, yeah, I want them, I I, I want them in the first team. There, there's another side to me that has always been of the opinion that that's also amazing to have to to be known as an academy that if they believe in you, they will develop you. And at the end of that developmental phase, you'll get a proper move to a big league and you'll have a great career in football. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And it's funny because like Brahim Diaz's name popped up for Real Madrid the other day. I think he assisted Bellingham's goal or something like that. And it's funny how you, you, you forget names like that. And then they pop up at Real Madrid doing really well and you go oh yeah he Alex came through our Girona is he not so yes absolutely Eric as well Eric Garcia is at Girona Brian, I think yeah, it's the less said about that the, well yeah, yeah I wish him all the best there's a human element to it though is there not it's like mm. I think if I think 10 years ago I'm really glad these you know, players from our more distant past are you know fulfilling their potential now it felt like 10 years ago you could actually it could hinder your career to be lost in our academy and loaned out and you know not really make it to our first team but I think just doing well in our academy now for other clubs around the world is literally like a a seal of approval it's like this this guy must be good Uh, and you'll get interest from other clubs if you even if you you know you don't break into City's first team so uh, it's all good in a way. Uh, George, what yeah. do you, how much does it mean to you about youth breaking through? Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think it's a great signifier of club health, really. Um, and also a signifier of the position City's in within the league. I think I'm, I love seeing players break through into the first team. And like I say, if they're local from Greater Manchester, that's, you know, even better. But, um, so if they break into the first team, it's brilliant. But also, like Asan said, I do feel some pride when you see City Academy graduates playing throughout the Premier League, Championship, um, La Liga, all these things because they've come from our 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 system. And I think if you look to kind of like the mid two thousands and to, up to about twenty ten, how many United um, Academy graduates were. Um, you know, being sold off and doing well at other teams, mm. and also they used to have people coming through every season. Then to turn it turned to kind of Chelsea with the team from about 2010 for a few years, where their academy there was so many players going from there and doing well at other clubs, and also they had people breaking through. And now City are in that position, and I think it it does signify how when your club's in a in a great position and in in great health, so. Yeah, I, I like to see it, and I think it does add something different. Because say, take take Chelsea for example. They've got two City ex City players, Palmer and Sterling, and I wish them both well. But when Sterling does well, you know, it's great for him. But when Palmer does well, I still do feel this kind of this little bit more pride, just because mm-hmm. 
he came from the academy system and he feels like a product of City, whereas Sterling was definitely a player for City, if that makes sense. Yeah, let's talk Howard. about them then. Yeah. Sorry, just one thing, George. I don't mean to dispute dispute what you just said, but United produced a lot of players and they were all shite. When they left United, their careers all went down the toilet. That's my memory of the famed Man United Academy. If you think about all those lads that they ended up flipping, they all had almost no career. I think one of the things that really is kind of a point of pride with the City lot is that they're actually genuinely really good as opposed to just like lads that got hyped by Sky. Do you remember when Janazai was like, you know, the next Wayne Rooney or something like that? They've just, they've had a litany of um, of hyped young players that went on to do nothing. Sorry. Come on, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you the independent headline. I'm, I'm Googling it as you spoke. Kevin Garside. <laughs> Go Forget on. Wayne Rooney. Adnan Januzai has a class to be the first Moyes babe. <laughs> and I'm sure he wrote somewhere else. He has a Pythagorean understanding. Ah, here we go. The kid has a Pythagorean awareness of angles and dimension and a left foot that blends art with precision. <laughs> Imagine that being written. I mean, oh my God. Anyway, how is Makeda doing nowadays? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was part, obviously, they always play a youth player or have one in the squad. Often that's to a detriment of performances if they're not good enough. And I think, obviously, with Pep, if you've got on the pitch, you've earned it. It might be a dead rubber, but you've earned it. Uh, that's the difference, I think, right now. If the the youth players know, hey, Sam, do they not? That if if Pep's picking them, then he sees something in them. Uh, so let's Absolutely. talk about them. Let's talk about them, shall we? Uh, yep. George, I've got. I'm going, to, I'm going to start with you, uh, Micah Hamilton. Obviously, as one of the travelling party uh, for players, you should say it was a surprise he started, but perhaps not a surprise. Uh, we're not going to go through the match bit by bit. We'll talk about individuals instead. I, uh, I will say I was generally, I was uh, quietly impressed with the performance as a whole because I really thought it would be low-key with so many changes with nothing at stake for either side. I thought, Belgrade themselves are pretty low key considering yeah, they've got a full loud uh, crowd there to back up. I thought they'd be more up for it even if there wasn't anything at stake and I was impressed with how City played so looking at Hamilton how did you think he did? Of course he could not have a better debut in one certain respect in that first half as well. Yeah, yeah. As debuts go it wasn't wasn't bad at all was it? Um, I, I was really impressed with him. Um, I I don't want to get you know get too overexcited about it because it's still early days. His first uh, his first start, but um, he it was really mature his performance. I would say on the whole for mm. a player who's not played with the first team um, in a competitive match. Um, so I thought his the way he retained the ball and possession and kept the tempo going was just as we expect to see from a winger under Pep. Um, he also has the directness that we like to see from a winger. We've seen that in in the goal he scored and also uh, winning the penalty. He's not afraid to take people on. He's got mm. a good shot on him. Um, 
works hard, looks very intelligent, technically very gifted as all kind of City Academy um, players are. Um, so I, I think it was a it was a fantastic debut, and also I, I hope we get to um, I hope we get to see a bit more of him because I think at the moment I think there's a position <clears throat> I think there's a position in the team for another forward. Um, yeah. In the squad, rather position the squad for another forward throughout the season, especially with the amount of injuries we're having at the moment, and I think he's really put down a marker. And I think if he gets other opportunities and does well, then it it will only benefit him. And hopefully, we can see him in, say, the FA Cup match in um, in January and the, those kind of things. Uh, mm. But yeah, really impressed with Hamilton's debut. Hey, San Aguero goal, perhaps. Uh, how do you think you did yourself? Yeah, hell of a finish. <clears throat> yeah, good, solid, professional performance. I think at that age, I think he was out for most of last season with a bad injury. Yeah, he, he posted that photo, didn't he, of his foot, uh, his foot or leg in a huge cast. So That's it. As, as I said to uh, stay on the review, it's like the worst time to get a bad injury. It's probably when you're 18 or 19 and looking yeah. to break through. Yeah. So he's twenty now. Is is there a will he be under pressure, a rush at that age to to make no. an impact, or do we no. need to be a bit calmer about it? All? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to the idea of I think that what we can't do is look at every player that yeah. that gets an opportunity under Guardiola and then immediately have a clamour to be like, well, when when will they be ready for our first team? I don't think that's how it works. I think, for me, looking at somebody like Hamilton, it's almost like going, well, look, last season, he lost an entire year pr practically through injury. He's come back. He's been training in and around the first team. He's been given an opportunity. He's made a massive impact. It, at that level, when you finish like that, Everybody will take note of that. Not just at City, but everybody will take note of that. There'll be scouts for loads of other clubs that will go, who's he? Excuse me. We need to write his name down. Um, <clears throat> and so now it's about whatever, however the season unfolds, training with the first team, continuing to show the maturity. I think it's, I, I think from a technical point of view, if you're in and around the first team, you've got the ability. There's no question about that. Otherwise, yeah. you don't get to train with the first team. So then it becomes about what's in between your ears. How clever are you? I think what has always set Rico Lewis apart, I will say even more than Phil, what makes Lewis the benchmark is his intelligence. What Guardiola loves about him is he knows where to be and when to be where, and he knows what to do with the ball in any given situation. And he plays with bravery as well as as well mm. as technical ability. And so I think for for young lads like Hamilton, all they can do is 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 look at Rico and and Phil and 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 the things that they did when they got into got in and around the first team and and try and replicate that. Well George alluded to us stick with you, Ace, and that we've talked about squad size obviously endlessly this season. The space is there for one at least one of these players to break through. Yes, absolutely. But without wanting to, uh, you know, pour cold water on that, I think that uh, it's pretty clear that Oscar Bob is is the lad who is next 
And so from an attacking point of view, if you're looking at an attacking player who can make an impact between now and the end of the season, that'll be Bob. Yeah. George, Bob. Uh, sorry, just think of Blackadder when I say that. So that'll mean something to about three people listening to this show, no doubt. What did you think of his performance? Again, he got another, man of the match, apparently. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, he did. Um, again, another just really mature performance from him. Um, obviously, as Asan said, um, he's been around the first team for a while, and he seems the next one after Rico to be, you know, a, um, a, a consistent member of the, of the first team now, and will be called upon in. In, in games, as we saw when we were losing Amf, uh, at, um, at Villa Park, he came on. So Pep obviously trusts him a lot. And I think he's deployed him in a few different roles. Now he came on left, left mid at, um, Villa Park. He's played right wing in other matches. He's played kind of as a attacking eight, um, in a few other matches. And then in this one, he was kind of deployed as the, as the false nine or centre forward. And, He's um he got a goal. He continues to progress in the way I think Pep would like to see, and also that the fans would like to see. Again, as I said, there's we are short in the attacking department of like um you know a first team squad members and compared to previous seasons. So the fact that he's become someone that can Pep can rely on is a real benefit because if we didn't have him. I don't know who in some of these matches this season we wouldn't have had any attacking players on the bench. Um, so his progression has been great to see, and yeah. I'm glad that he, I'm glad that he got his goal because I think that will give him a lot of confidence and uh, and also the the, pep, the fact that Pep started him up front I think will give him a big boost of confidence as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, a new position for him in a way. It's not or not one that he's used to, so all part of the city experience and the learning experience. Aitam, it's probably, it'll probably be easily forgotten just how good his goal was for movement and that little Who's touch gonna forget and the finish. I, hmm? I, I won't forget it. I hmm. think it was, I think it was uh, uh, just a, he's, I don't want to use the Phil comparison because I think that Phil is unique, but, Bob feels like the nearest thing that we've produced in terms of an attacking player. I, I, maybe Palmer was was that, but Palmer isn't here anymore. Um, but certainly I think that if we felt a year ago, well, Cole Palmer's the next one off the, uh, uh, off the factory line, then I think that this year Oscar Bob is, is the next one off the factory line. And actually, and, and I think maybe, I think it's okay to say this. I think sometimes Pep is quite slow in how he uses young players. And I think that sometimes he will use them to plug gaps. And I think that that helps with their versatility, playing in different positions at a young age. But I, I was, you know, a little bit critical of the way that Palmer was used in moments where it felt as though playing him out on the left wing when that really wasn't his position didn't really feel mm. particularly fair. Um, and I, I just hope with Bob that they use him in the right manner 
over the next 12 months because he's another footballer who I feel if he were to move on from City, he'll end up getting a big move like yeah. Dortmund, Bayern Munich, you know, really th those sorts of levels. And so I would love for between now and the end of the season for him to be given a couple of opportunities from the start in a Premier League game in his best position with the rest of the first team around him. I reckon Dortmund probably monitor about 10 of our players. For sure. Regularly. I think if I was pepping under the pressure to win everything all the time, I'd probably be slow uh, to use youth players as well. I think yeah, that's I, the, I do. It's the dilemma it of having to win all the time and in some past seasons, having to get close to 100 points to win a league. Mm. You just don't blood youth because you have to take a hit when you blood youth because they have to work their way, obviously improve and work their way into the team and you'll get some lower points that you would, you know, it's much easier to pick an established star out of position than it is to put a youth player in his right position on there because you you know about those established players. So, Whilst yeah. I do understand that argument, I, I think that when it comes to the front line, when it comes to the fr particularly that front three of left, right and, and, and forward, um, yeah. I, I think there is a little bit more scope to take a risk. I think that in particular, if you've got, if to, to pick uh, any, to, to take the example of any game in the last three months where Phil's played right, Alvarez has played central and Grealish or Doku have played on the left. I would make the argument that at home against the bottom 10 in any game that we've played against the bottom 10 at home, you're not, massively downgrading your team by taking Phil or Alvarez out for one game and giving Bob a start. And I think that having, showing that little tiny bit of faith and dangling that carrot in front of a player maybe is the difference between Palmer ending last season and going, mm. I want out of here. I don't give a shit what you say to me because you said the same stuff a year ago, I'm leaving. And a player going, actually, I'm going to stay and fight because you gave me an opportunity. Do you think Bob's now at the, that level of getting into team that Palmer was a year ago? Yeah, it because... It feels like Palmer was further ahead and thus it was a bigger loss. But I guess I need I, to see how the season plays out first yeah, to I make think, that assertion. I know what you mean. I think that I think that Palmer had been around the first team a mm. little bit longer. But Guardiola said something in his post-match press conference which Pep's really careful with his words particularly when it comes to I mean never mind young players Pep's really careful when he talks about Calvin Phillips right so that tells yeah. you everything you need to know he's very careful about the, he chooses his words very carefully and he said very explicitly unprompted Oscar Bob is a reality for right now that tells me everything I need to know yeah what does that mean Means he's a reality for right now. Means that he's a player right now who he will is there and will get given up. No, the the I think because he was talking about the goal. I think what he's saying is that no, he's really that good. He's good enough to play in this team, and he will get opportunities. And I think real deal, maybe. So yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's if he was an English manager, he'd have probably gone with he's the real deal, and he is. Yeah, absolutely the real deal. And and it again. I think that there's um, 
that for me, the flashy stuff, amazing. Like to see him score that goal is incredible. But it's the it's the dumb stuff and the little stuff. It's the stuff that, you know, we praise players, we praise senior players for. So for example, it's about collecting the ball, having two men around you and not doing something daft and playing yeah. it backwards. It's about being cornered in a tight space and seeing a five-yard diagonal pass or just a five-yard pass and making it and playing it through two opposition players to a City player. The kind of the spatial awareness around you of, of where you should be. Look, I said, I'm not overdoing this. The more I watched a Bob, the more I felt that he genuinely is like somewhere in between Foden and, and David Silver. I think that David Sil the the Foden's big thing when he was breaking through was because he was left footed, everybody went, oh, he's just he's the next David Silver. And and it turns out he had a slightly different skill set. Um and so actually it makes more sense to play him a little bit further forward in moments. I think with Bob, I think there will come a moment where you will be able to play him deep be able to play him from deeper. I think that he may well be more of the winger that gets trusted centrally a little bit faster than Phil did. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, big future, no doubt about it. So we'll see when they start getting first team opportunities in matches that matter. But as, as George has already said, Huddersfield at home is coming up on the horizon. Yeah. And opportunities off the bench, maybe in Saudi Arabia at least, uh, we will see. So, very interesting. Let's uh, quickly look at some of the older guard. <laughs> George, not that old really. Uh, Nunes, uh, lovely little burst down the right wing early doors. Where I, I was hoping he'd shoot then rather than try and lay it across. Uh, he's got plenty to prove, of course, even in its early days at the club. What do you think of his performance? I was impressed by his performance on Wednesday. Um, I thought he's been under a bit of criticism so far. And I think it's, you know, he's, he, him and Kovacic are in such a hard position because the expectations City fans have around midfield and centre mid are, are rightly so high because of what we've, what we've witnessed over the last decade and the players that we've seen in those positions. We've been so spoiled that, you know, the standards are so high and, and people, Obviously, this season, uh, people are, are missing Gundogan um, big time, and there's been a lot of clamour for his kind of. Oh, why did we sign? Well, why did we sell him? All, all this and that. But um, so Nunes and Kovacic were in a kind of a slightly harder position than a few other City centre mid signings of of recent times, and they've had the struggle so far this year, and they've been deployed in a number of different ways. Sometimes deep, sometimes a bit further forward. But um, Nunes in this game kind of had the license to get forward and be that runner in the middle of the park, kind of similar position to how Guardiola was deploying De Bruyne um, at the end of last season, uh, being that runner uh, behind Haaland. Um, and I thought Nunes did the job well. I thought he really progressed the ball up the pitch. Um, his passing, short-range passing, looked better than it had been in previous matches. Um, a lovely assist for the first goal, just that slight faint touch through to Hamilton. I thought that was brilliant. He was winning free kicks in loads of great positions, which is good to see, something Pep 
likes and obviously that's what um what Grealish is kind of deployed to do sometimes and yeah I just, I just think it's it's one of his best games he's played in a city shirt and I think if we can see more of that and him using his skill set like his pace his passing his and his ball progression more um in the Premier League matches I um, I think it that would be good to see and the only tweaks I think he needs to add to his game now when he is playing in that kind of more uh, advanced position is just just the end of product. Just yeah. we know he's got a good long range on him, and we know his his passing can be good. So just in the final third, just making sure he can really get his decision making right and uh, maybe start producing a little bit more. I think I think the fan base will come on board very quickly, and I think Pep will then start to trust him um, a lot more as well. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I would argue, a son, if you don't watch much of Wolves, and I don't because they're the strange team Wolves. <laughs> Technically brilliant, but not entertaining to watch as a neutral, to be perfectly honest. They're flattered to deceive a lot for many years, and a lot of City fans probably wouldn't know much about Nunes when he came here. Didn't know he comes from Wolves, but he wouldn't know his skill set. Did we actually see in this game for the first time some of the skill set that could be of you know obviously of great use to City in the future? For sure, and I think I think we actually have seen tiny little flashes of it. I think the funny thing with Nunes is that a lot of the things that he's good at intuitively we don't associate with a Guardiola midfielder, and I think that a little bit where where he where he's kind of got a win or so over and 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 almost at the same time vice versa is we need his skill set but also we need his skill set fitting in within what we know to be a pep team and I'm sure that that's what pep will be aiming for um but I, I, as somebody who when he came in was pretty skeptical of 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 how well he could or would do I think now I'm at the point where I'm actually quite excited to see how the rest of this season unfolds for him <clears throat> almost even more so than Kovacic I feel as though maybe Kovacic is probably a bit maturer right now and mm. a bit more suited to City but I think that Nunes has got a higher ceiling well yeah, Kovacic, you know what you're getting now, don't you? I mean, well, mm. he's not that old. <laughs> I'm making it sound like he's in his 30s now, but we have bought him, what is he, 28 now? You do what you want is injury-free and consistency, but you know what you're getting with him. With Is it fair to say, Asan, that with Nunes, under Pep, he can be developed further, whereas Kovacic, you know what you're getting? Yes, absolutely. But that's uh, just sorry to put in, but Fernandinho didn't arrive at City till he was 28 either. And it's fair to say, then developed under great management. So, you know. Definitely. Absolutely. And I think that's, funnily enough, I think that's a great example. Mm. I think uh, in the kind of, and, and I think we've, we've done it down the years with quite a few players. And funnily enough, in that position, it's like when Yaya was was kind of at the end we were like who's going to replace Yaya and then Fernandinho mm. came in and and instinctively everybody was like well he can't replace Yaya and then he did and when Fernandinho was on his way out Rodri's first season everybody was like me included by the way do you remember when the nickname was Plodri 
I remember, <laughs> I, I genuinely remember a conversation where I think it was on a podcast somewhere. I'm, I, I'd like to say not on a podcast that, that I was on, but I remember a conversation on a podcast somewhere where somebody was going, I don't know what Rodri's good at. I don't think he's good at anything. I think he's average at everything. And so I think that the, and I'm not saying that it's like, you know, everybody needs a year or two years to to develop in a Guardiola team. I think it's just more about what is the ceiling of a footballer? How much can they still learn? Where have they come from? And I think that with somebody like Nunes coming from Wolves, high churn of managers, even in the time that he was there, uh, quite a big jump to go from Portugal, from Sporting to to Wolves, do a year, a year and a half. What, what, did he do a year at Wolves or two years? I think he only did a year at Wolves. Do a year at Wolves and then jump again to City. That's two big leaps to take. So, mm. yeah, it would be interesting to see how the next 12, 18 months unfolds for him. Right, final shout-out. Uh, Calvin Phillips, shout-out for... George, probably the best penalty I've seen this season. Uh, yeah, Nice um, for him. Got quite emotional afterwards. But as I said to stay on the review, it's utterly irrelevant whether he was put in a world-class performance or a terrible one. You know, he was... I've always... When I said earlier, you have to earn your place on the pitch uh, to play for Pep. In a way, this is not the case with Calvin Phillips, is it? And he will be going in January. Felt like a goodbye present really scoring that penalty yeah definitely I mean if only we'd known he was this good at penners maybe he would have been in the in the team early of all the problems we've had <laughs> throughout the years with penalties um we need him yeah we need <laughs> we need him in the shootouts but um no I think did, did Clive yeah. Allen once sign for an American football team just to take kicks when they got a touchdown or something but no I wouldn't want to be that patronizing to Calvin Phillips so <laughs> No, it's um, but I think before the penalty in this game, like you say, you know, if he is going in January, maybe you think he'd want to, you know, you know, Buster got put in a great performance just to prove a point, and also to any potential suitors show show off his skill set. But he he just didn't stand out in any way up until that point, and I, I don't want to pile in on him as he's going, but he just there was there's there's nothing that I don't remember any action of his from the game. Before, apart from the penalty, um, which is very telling, and I think is the reason that unfortunately um, he's he's not made it at, at City, and um, and hopefully he'll get a, a move in January to a club where he does kick on and and play lots of football and also does impress because you know he seems like a, a great a great guy and and I, I do wish him the best in that regard. And I think yeah. just the reaction of the squad, I think it to the penalty yeah. and letting him have it, I think it shows. Um, what what a healthy squad and you know how rid of toxicity we are because the way it reacted showed how the character of everybody they didn't need to they could have been one of the forwards could have been like demanding the ball but I think Stones came over as captain and made sure you know Phillips was going to have it and they were all the players were so happy for him and I think it shows even the players like Phillips who aren't starting loads and aren't offering loads to the team I think they've gelled very well with the squad and there's a lot of harmony there and that, that's always nice to see and I think it's important that we have that that um, atmosphere in the dressing room throughout yeah. the season because I think there's going to be some a lot more testing times to come especially in the back end of things but yeah I think it was a nice way for Phillips to sign off with a goal and yeah it'll be, I'll be, I'm very interested to see 
where he does go in January because all indications are that he is he is going. Yeah, that camaraderie has been key to our success over previous years. It's just probably a, yeah a world away from what's going on across the city. So I don't think it's manufactured. I don't think it's PR. I think it's a group of players that really get on. And he's obviously a lovely person, but it's just not worked out. The strange thing is, Asan, that he doesn't really have to put in any good performances. There will be a, a long line of suitors in January to take his services, mm. at least on no, the for sure. Anyway. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on from Calvin Phillips? Say, yeah, well, all right. I've not got much else I'd say. Let me, let me finish with one shout-out to who was really the man of the match, though I'm happy for a, a young guy to take it. Or take a, hey, son. Take out passing, and passing is obviously really, really important in his game. He matches Edison in every department, in a way, which is not a dick at Edison. He's just... Uh, we're pretty spoilt to have a number two like him. Definitely. I think that it's another big win for for the much maligned cheeky Bagaristein. Did mm. I make that rhyme? The much maligned cheeky Bagaristein. <laughs> Maybe it does. You're a poet um, and you didn't even realise it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's just he's a he's a he's a top goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think I think maybe the the biggest compliment I could pay him is that if Edison was out for a prolonged period of time, I don't think it'd particularly change my opinion on whether we were or weren't going to win anything. Mm. Right. Well, that's probably it, really. Did, did it matter to you, Asan, that we won six out of six games? <laughs> mm. I mean, when, when, when the late goal started flying in yeah. from, from their side... <laughs> I can't say that I was a huge fan of it. I felt very much as though, well, we've come this far, let's just win it. Yeah, but- exactly. It's like, this does not matter in the slightest if they get another one now. It tells us nothing, but I was still like, <laughs> the the heart rate went up in that injury time. It's like, see it yes. out, lads, see it out, lads. It's like, oh, thank God. It's- <laughs> yeah. Especially, look, I think for the youngsters, for all the youngsters that, that, that played in that game, um, to be able to come away with their individual performances and the win and be in that team that won all of their games, I think it'll mean something. Mm. Uh, George, say sad draw on Monday. I think it might be 11am, but I might have made that up. Do you care who City get? Seven options there. Well, I mean, I definitely mm. care. George, you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, I would like us to get a a team that's that we can easily beat in this in the round of sixteen. Um, <laughs> in the round of sixteen, yeah, I'm not. You know, you're gonna get the big clashes in the Champions League. The 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 further you progress, and I think it would be lovely to get a team that we can dispatch because you know we we had got an easier last sixteen draw last year um, with with Leipzig, and then. We had Bayern Munich and Real Madrid straight after that, so it's going to get very difficult at some point if you stay in this competition. So, yeah, I uh, I want a team that we can that we that we're the favourites for, um, but maybe a team that we haven't played before as well, just to well, make it interesting and another team to tick off the list. So we can, I don't think we can get Shakhtar Donetsk, can we? So no, <laughs> uh, though we can get Copenhagen, can't you? Yeah, thank God you didn't say that. You have to beat the best teams to win a cup competition. Oh, I might, I might have <laughs> smashed my flat up <laughs> mid pod. Uh, Asan, what about you? 
Give me Copenhagen, man. Definitely give me Copenhagen. I want to go to Copenhagen. I've got very mm. good friends here who are from Copenhagen. Just just give me Copenhagen. Copenhagen have got some good young players. Um, just give me Copenhagen, please. But on a football front, obviously, I would say it's for, I can't remember the seven now. So you want to avoid PSG and Inter. Then you've got Napoli just below, who are not quite the same now with the new manager, Still, new manager. I don't. And then you've either. got four others. I think that I'd be happy to get. Does that make sense? It it does. But I would I would argue actually that Napoli fall in the same basket right. as Inter Milan and Paris Saint Germain. Maybe even trickier because going to Naples for a game like that, a Champions League knockout tie. It almost feels as though it becomes anything. You, you, you're close to anything can happen territory. And and I don't want that. I think round of 16, give me the easiest draw you can potentially give me. Because after that, you know it gets difficult. Yeah, I assume it's a, we're away first, which will help. So, All right. Yeah, I think you've got like a 14% chance of getting any individual team. So, yeah, pretty even. Odds, not exactly the same odds because of the the weirdness of the draw, but they're all fourteen point something percent. So no stupid mm. rule that we can't get someone this time because they play on the same day as someone else who wears the same coloured kit or something like that. But that some Champions League draws have. So yeah, we will see on on Monday who we get. All right, should we look forward? Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. So yes, hands up. Uh, Crystal Palace. It's the last game before Christmas domestically. So, Asan, I'll stay with you. Historical problems they have caused City of any relevance to this match whatsoever. No. 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 no Got that's to judge not... it as it lands now. Yeah, definitely. So, that's that's not a thing. So you must be going into this confident. Well. Look, Eze and Decore are out, and and I I would argue that those two in midfield are, are kind of the linchpins of mm. of what Palace do well. I think that there is a little bit of discontent behind the scenes from you know. I mean, certainly there's been talk that Hodgson is under pressure. Mm. Um, they're coming to the Etihad. It's not. I mean, it's. It's a pretty kind fixture in so far as you'd be bitterly disappointed if City didn't dispatch Palace tomorrow afternoon. Um, nothing's a gimme in the Premier League. I think, I think I've seen enough games this season where going into the game, everybody goes, well, that's a gimme. And it turns out yeah. it isn't to know that you still have to turn up. You still have to do your job. Um, I don't expect Haaland to be anywhere near it, to be honest with you. Uh, so it will be another game without Erling. But I would still expect City to do the job, particularly with the number of players that got a rest uh, in midweek. Uh, George, your thoughts? I best go through their injury list first. So obviously Zaha's not there anymore. Always someone that, I don't rate as highly as perhaps Crystal Palace. I understand why Crystal Palace fans would see him as a god, obviously. But he's someone that could always do damage to City in an instance. Uh, of course, as we saw last week, uh, Townsend is now at Luton, so <laughs> he can't score a worldie against us. But remember, are you that ridiculous 
red card last week. He's suspended, and he's a real grafter. If if nothing else, he'll you know he works that line. Sam Johnston has done his calf during the match, did he not? And with Dean Henderson already out, I think that will put him down to their third goalkeeper. And I think when he came on last week, they said something like he'd never played for the club before. Lerma's out, hamstring. Edward did his knee last week. Uh, I mean, I've not seen today's press conference with Palace, but assuming they have one today, but I think they're out. As they, of course, as you said, Rob Holding uh, is out. I don't, <laughs> Decore, don't know why I'm laughing when I say Rob Holding, but there you go. So, I mean, even considering the fact they've got five points from 15 for Palace, I think, I think that's not f- from 15 points, from 15 games, I'll get their results up. They're in a bad place anyway, but they are down to the absolute bare bones. So I guess the only issue is complacency here. Definitely. That's that's a horrible moment for them when you when you list it all out like that. Um, I bet Palace fans are not looking forward to this match at all. Um, yeah, like you said, they've got Edouard out, their top scorer. Eze's out, their best player. Um, I use always productive, um, always chips in with goals and assists. So if he's out, Lerma's cover was the one who was covering for Decore, and now they're both out. And that is a third choice goalie who's never really played any Premier League football. So yeah, the only thing that will beat us tomorrow is ourselves, and they've for Palace a lot of the creative pressure is on Elise. So. In a sense, it's fairly obvious what you have to do against Palace. As long as you subdue Alise, then you should win the game comfortably with all those injuries. And I think City will City will be motivated because they know that they're going to be a game behind when they come back from the Club World Cup. So, mm. it, you know, it's imperative they win this match, keep pace for now, um, and then obviously take care of business once we get back from Saudi Arabia. So yeah, I think I think I, don't, I can't see any standards dropping for tomorrow. It's it's a very big game and like last Premier League match before before Christmas. So yeah, I'm expecting a big performance and hopefully it'll be a nice, comfortable day at the office. But as Asan said, there's no gimmies, so you never know in this league. There's been some crazy results this year, but um, I'm I'm pretty confident going into tomorrow. Just checking their results. Last time they won was in Manchester. I say in Manchester, almost in Manchester. It was at Old Trafford at the end of September. So I think that's the last time they won a league game. So it's actually good, really good against Liverpool. I decided to watch the match. But of course, that's at home and still with limited, you know. <laughs> and they, they then went on to lose another three players during that match. So, or maybe four. So, yeah, I'm not sure it tells us that much, to be honest. And Liverpool were pretty pants. I guess the main problem, Asam, will be f- being frustrated by them. Do you think they'll play dead? Yes. I mean, Hodgson is is notoriously king of playing dead. Um, yeah, I think I think they will look. I just I think I think City have to do a professional job. That it's it's really that simple. Um, whether they whether they can frustrate us will ultimately depend upon the clinicalness that our forward players mm. show uh, in the final third. So Grealish, Alvarez, Foden, those three in particular um, will, you know, will have to bring their shooting boots. And if they bring their shooting boots, then I think that we'll be okay. 
Um, it's diff- the, It's really hard with, with home games like this because really you, this has to be your bread and butter if you want to win the league. And that's not to be, that's not to be disrespectful to the opposition. That's just to be respectful of your own level, the quality in your own squad and go, all right, well, it'll be a difficult day because Premier League games are difficult, but I expect us to win it. George, that I talked about the frustration. The key is patience in this one because I guess we can come into this, look at their injury list, look at their yeah, their manager might be on the brink, look at their form and expect us to be three up after fifteen minutes. But if they're just gonna sit deep, then it's one of those games where we have to have patience and not get frustrated because we're not winning after ten minutes. Definitely. It's, we're gonna have a lot of possession. As fans. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to have a lot of possession in and around their box and it's, it's going to be hard to break through. Like you say, might might not be till the second half, but we need to, the atmosphere needs to be good, you know, needs to get behind them and nothing drops really. I think it. the worst thing tomorrow that could be if, if, if the crowd goes flat and we've not broke through and that's exactly what Palace will want. That's That'll be their, that's their avenue to coming away from the Etihad with some points so I think the crowd needs to be up for it and I think they will be last game before Christmas um, and then I think the team will just have to do do what they do and I just hope that we don't get to that point that always frustrates the fans the most is when we're having Kyle Walker 30 yard pot shots when we can't break through so as long as as long as we're not seeing any of that I think I think, I think we'll be alright yeah, lots of shooting over the bar will get me uh, annoyed again. So, <laughs> my pet hate. Yeah. So, George, the team, name it. <laughs> no pressure. Is is Edison definitely? He's back from, right, his, so Ed, from his illness. Edison was back in training yesterday, and obviously, as yeah. a goalkeeper, I assume you don't need two weeks on the training pitch to no. play. No, I th- let's just. Yeah, Docu and Holland. We could, we should all assume we're doing this early morning podcast, but we can all assume not to see them anywhere near the starting lineup, at least. No. So, with that in mind, I guess the main decisions to be made. I mean, Simon Bajkowski mentioned. I mean, Grealish went off half time after being kicked all over the place, but I hope it's just bruising and that sort of stuff, and he's available. But we don't know for sure yet. I've not seen anything mentioned about it since, so I assume he's okay. So I guess the only decisions to be made are in the back line. I my left field prediction might be that John Stones gets rested again. Potentially, potentially. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that happening, but maybe he'll, maybe he'll, he'll rest him in the first the match of the Club World Cup. Um, mm. I'm not too sure though. That's it. It's one or the other, in yeah. tip, But I guess this is more important in a way. I mean, yeah, I don't I know. Who I don't think we know who we're getting yet. But the tougher match of the two, I it should be. Yeah, assuming we get through, will be the final by a, a country mile. So, yeah. So, so with that in mind, I think, I think the team will be. I think. It'll be Edison in goal. I think it'll be Walker, Stones, Diaz, Ake, um, and then <clears throat> excuse me. Then then I think it'll be Rodri, Kovacic, Bernardo, Foden on the right, Grealish on the left, Alvarez up top. Yeah, I think we'll be that, the Asa? team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sounds very plausible that one. Yeah, I, 
I wonder whether he goes with Nunes over Kovacic. That's my that's my only um be- because how deep they'll sit and yeah, just attacking wise, he's got a bit more about. It. Yeah. yeah, just because I think that if they're going to sit really deep, then Guardiola's going to want lads who can run past lads, yeah, and create a little bit of chaos. And maybe that's been a little bit, you know, against those low blocks. If you're playing with Kovacic, Bernardo, and Rodri, maybe there isn't quite enough creativity there. Um. And so maybe maybe he tr- gives Nunes another go. That that would be my only my only difference. Yeah, and really, if you're visualising this match, it's a hell of a lot of us passing it around outside their penalty area and yeah. probing. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. And look, it's I think ha- the the only other thing I'd say very quickly is that um, it is the sort of game. Just to go back to the Oscar Bob conversation. It is the sort of game where, in my opinion, it will be okay to play Rodri Foden and Bernardo as your midfield three, play Bob mm. on the right and play Grealish on the left and play Alvarez up top. Now, he's not going to do that, but <laughs> that's one game where I think it might be okay. If if the game goes well, I could see, obviously, the likes of Bob getting some game time. mm Oh, even if it's Definitely. not, maybe. Even if it's not. But yeah, start. I'd be surprised at the start, but we will see. Right, there's not much more to say about this game. Then. So, score prediction, George? I'm going to go 3-0 Foden first goal. Nice. First scorer as well. So. Yeah, little treat <laughs> gone, for you there. It can beyond, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 3-0 as well. Hey, Sam? I'm going to go 2-1, you know. I think City will, will take a 2-0 lead. And then I think that we'll, we'll play dead for the last 20 minutes. We'll, we'll yeah. have one eye on the, uh, the warm weather break in, in Saudi Arabia and they'll score from a, a set piece and make it nervy for the last 10. Oh, great. You've just you've ruined my Friday now. <laughs> <laughs> a sleepless night ahead. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, any win, it's a, another must win. We need to get losing a game, obviously, against Brentford. Uh, we need to, we really do need to win this game and we really should win it and should win it comfortably. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope it goes how I expect it to. Just finish off. We'll cover a lot more next week, of course. But Aysen, I'll start with you. This club will cup next week. How are you viewing it? An unnecessary distraction for City? regarding these domestic ambitions or something to enjoy and yeah if we win we win and if we don't we don't i mean it's it's a new experience and a new trophy there to be won yeah i don't really give two shiny shits about it to be honest with you i'm glad i've got someone on on board yeah in the end in the end i'll watch it because it'll be on um but it's not like if we win it I'll be walking around with my chest out going, we won the Club World Cup. Best you know? team in the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've, it's just, there's something very uber scouse about, about being that arsed about the Club World Cup. So on that basis alone, I'm going to be very dour and Bertie about it and just go, I'm genuinely not really that bothered. I want everybody to have a nice rest, a nice little holiday in the sun and no injuries, please. Pep's not going to say it that way though, is he? I'm sure he won't. No. George, you win the Champions League, you're the best team in the world. End of conversation. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the Club World Cup doesn't set my soul on fire in any way. Um, 
it's it's going to be intriguing to see us play teams we'll never really play mm. again in a competitive arena. You know, usually you play these teams maybe in a pre-season tour of some kind, but so that'll be interesting. And if you do win, you get that cool gold badge in the middle of your shirt, don't you? For the rest of this, for the rest of the year, that does that does look pretty um, cool. I think Madrid have got it at the moment, don't they? Um, so yeah, on that basis, from a pure aesthetic basis, um, I'd, I'd like to get that on the shirts. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those ones where if we do win, it'll be oh great. But if we if we do lose, it'll just be a frustrating one that we'll have lost to lesser opposition, really. Yeah, uh, f- I think it's Fluminense. It will be Fluminense, won't it, in the final? Should they get through? Which I guess is pretty interesting. Yeah, how they'll, many, they'll, how many they'll times no would you get to play them? Not pre-seasons, generally America, Far East, it's it. So, yeah, but there's always yeah. that quite disconnect between you know the South American teams and the European teams, two very very separate worlds. So it's interesting from that perspective. Um, yeah, to see how how like the standard fair wise because I think um, I saw a story that the Liverpool t- players, the Brazilian ones, when they were playing against them. Um, like had a word with the manager and the rest of the team because they weren't taking it seriously enough because they were like if if you don't they will beat us so I'm sure the um, the Edison will be uh, hopefully doing the same for us if we get to that stage indeed right I think we've covered everything hey Sam or whatever your name is from what I've spelt on (laughs) clean feet I'm not going to try and pronounce that Arshan (laughs) Arshan yes Uh, is that everything should I wrap up yeah, you can wrap up. Uh, one thing, Fluminese, uh, Andre Trindade, uh, centre midfield player who plays for them. We'll be talking about him on the Market Podcast that we do next week. City have been quite heavily linked with him. Liverpool were quite heavily linked with him at the end of last summer. He's got, I think he's got a minimum fee release clause, which is like 30 million euros, something like that. But he's dead good. And I think that if they're going to let Calvin Phillips go... I have a feeling that he's on the list. So that's maybe one thing that I will be looking out for in the Club World Cup is if we do end up playing Fluminese, if he plays and how well he plays against the team that he might be joining next month. Something else for me to learn how to pronounce is the second N in their team. Is it silent? So I've no idea. So I've no Fluminense idea. Fluminense or Fluminense? I, yeah. Come on, you're asking you're me. You're not as I'm... bad as me. Come on. I'm still bad enough. I still don't know if it's Miko or Micah Richards, so what am I going to do with Hamilton for the next 10 years? <laughs> just call him Meeks. <laughs> Meeks. Got to be Micah, isn't it? Uh, just, they've lost anyway at home. They're not in good form by the looks of it, so if that counts for anything. So uh, there you go. Oh, no, they're not done. They've lost the last two, so should be, yeah. yeah. That'll be a more interesting game, but the semi-final, we don't know who we're playing yet, and we don't know for sure who we're playing in the finals, so we will see. Maybe it'll be more interesting when it comes around. Hey, Sam, thank you very much. I've got one more question for b- the Perrier, mm. right? Mm. What would you prefer the score to be at Anfield this weekend? Liverpool 1, Man United 1, or Liverpool 7, Man United 0? 1-0. George? Always, always the score that best suits City. Okay. Oh. George? Oh, but always. Oh, that, that's really tough. I mean, logically, logically I think we want we Ten Hag. We want Ten Hag to stay, really, don't we? But logically, you know, one one all is, is the result we, we, we would like, but 
Oh my god, it would be so fun if they got battered seven 0 wouldn't it? I, w- I would certainly wouldn't be annoyed at Liverpool picking up three points at this stage of the season if it meant no. a seven nil whopping of United. Listen, I'm I'm petty. I'm very, very, very <laughs> petty. Seven nil all day long, man. Mm, what it, about nil seven? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's never happening. Although, no, but I know Scouse- it, I know it won't happen. But if I could say it'll be seven nil to United, would you prefer that to seven nil to Liverpool, or would you still stick with seven nil to Liverpool? Oh no, 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 no! If you're giving me if you're giving me the choice of seven nil Liverpool winning or seven nil United winning, then I'll take seven nil United winning because yeah. Scouse tears are, are just as uh, tasty as uh, as the yeah. uh, as the Salford tears. But back in reality, uh, yeah, it's a lot more likely to be 7-0. To, it's weird, that game, I remember that game last year, it was very even until just before half-time, and then, yeah, United just downed tools completely, didn't they? So, uh, though United, I'm sure United fans said, my mate said to me last week, yeah, but they only had about nine shots on target and seven went in. It's like, well, it doesn't matter really, does it? They went in, so you lost 7-0, so... It's one of those games where I'll sit down on Sunday afternoon and, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a win-win in many respects. So as long as City have done the business first. So. Win-win-win-win-win. Win-win-win-win-win-win-win. Yeah. Hey, Sam, thank you very much for coming on. Howard, thank you. I love that. Yeah. Have a great weekend. George, thank you very much. Cheers, Howard. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. We've got loads you more too. content coming up and I hope a bonus Friday show section later with a certain Crystal Palace fan. I can't promise it, but I hope so, because I really, really like this person. So, and I really, really want to chat to him, and I'm in at 4.30 with him. So hopefully there's more content coming today and the Premier League show as well, and a review of the weekend will be coming, of course, reaction to the Champions League draw, then with Saudi Arabia, tons and tons and tons of stuff, Christmas content, quizzes. So look out for all of that, and if you're not subscribing, why not? There is tons of stuff on our player as well as some free content too and samples. So, right, with that in mind, I shall wrap up. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. And as always, Asan. Up the treble winning blues.